Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. Super excited to be back here today because I'm with my buddy Jenny. Say hi, Jenny. Hello. Uh, just like previous episodes of my podcast, of my rambling series, this is another of my rambling series with Carlos and Brandon, which actually just came out today. It's going to be weird because it's not going to be today for everybody else, but for us recording, it just came out today. We're sitting here facing each other. I love to see your face. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, it's been a while um, since we've hung out. How long has it been since we hung out? We went on that hike, right? I believe I have it down to the date. It was like the first oh. week of March. We the went on a stroll. At so, Squares Castle. So it's been like a few months. Yes. Holy holy moly. Um, yeah, Squires Castle, shout out. I love that place. Ha, you'd been there before, right? Yes. I went there. I think my daughter was two years old, one or two years old. We went there for Mother's Day. So it's been a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's one of my favorite places to go. Um, everybody that's been listening knows that I live in Cleveland. I love Cleveland. This is a great area. And a fast fact that not a lot of people know is Cleveland has the largest metro park system in the entire country. And just one of the many awesome metro parks is Squires Castle. That's one of my favorites. Like when it's a nice day out and people are like, hey, what should we do? I'm like, let's go to Squires Castle. Um, Not far down the road is another place. It's like Buttermilk Falls, I think it's called. Uh, But that's a cool place. But it's a good place for a stroll. Yeah. I don't know that you would go there for like a hardcore hiking experience. Yeah. And I think when we were there, it was all iced up. So you're like, Jenny, don't don't go there. Don't. And I was like, but I want to. I know. And you're like, you're going to fall. It was like, should we climb up the the hills that's just full of mud and ice? And it's like, yeah, let's do that. And I was like, no, please don't do that. And then we didn't, thankfully. But it is a good place for a stroll. That's what I would say. It's definitely not like a hardcore hike. But if you just want to go and walk around with people and just have a really nice little like get together a little picnic a lot of people like prairie vibes yeah prairie vibes i like Mm -hmm. that um so immediately i have to recognize something you have a flask on the table in front of you tell tell the audience why you have a flask with you were you were you feeling a little nervous about today i was to be honest i usually try to do things that i i'm uncomfortable with and this is one of them i've never been on a podcast I have done a lot of speaking in my years, and each speech that I've ever given, tremendously nervous beforehand. I won't say that I used the flask in the past, but today I was just feeling it. So this is, I get the graces of the first time you're using a flask. I think so. What do you have in there? I feel like I shouldn't disclose this, and maybe folks need to guess what would Jenny be drinking? Right. Here, let me smell it. Just okay. she's handing. Don't you, mind the gum that's actually sitting on top. Of it. There actually is a piece of gum <laughs> sitting on top of the flask. I cannot make this up, people. But I'm going to smell it now. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, you didn't go light with whatever's in there. That no, kind of stings the nostrils a little bit. That was that's kind of strong. So you feeling you feeling a little more relaxed now I that you're drinking? I feel good. That? I feel real good. Um, I have a beverage in front of me as well, but mine is among the more basic variety because it's all I have in the fridge right now. Um, and when you say basic and you think of hard seltzer, what's the first name brand that you come to? White Claw. So, yeah, that's what I have in front of me. I've seen a lot of Truly. Is that another? Yeah, Truly's getting big. Um, my I've never f- had one. My favorite, though, right now is Vizzy. Vizzy for yeah, shizzy. I, something like that. We can go with that. <laughs> Um, I love Vizzy. I saw it in the store and just completely kind of, I had never seen an ad for it or anything and I got it and it immediately became like my favorite hard seltzer. Um, and the reason why I'm drinking, yeah. And I've seen a lot more ads for them and stuff. Like when we were in Vegas, my wife and I just got back from Vegas. So we can talk all about that. Um, but I saw a bunch of ads for Vizzy. So it's becoming like bigger now I know. Um, but I had stopped drinking beer because of trying to get healthier Beer is chocked full of carbs, and that's it. Sure is. Kind of, <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. Um, and that's what I was trying to do. Kind of the opposite of that. I was the the biggest thing I had cut out when I was kind of trying to get healthier. Um, so just as point of reference, uh, it is July 11th today, and I started trying to get healthier right around October, November of 2020. So however many months that's been, what, like a minute, eight, eight, nine months, something like that which is wild because that's that's a little while. Um, but during the pandemic, I, I just kind of wanted to get healthier because I was, you know, I still had a job, thankfully, but I was working from home. And when you don't have to put on work clothes and you can just kind of lounge about a lot of the day and 
oh, look, a bag of Doritos. I think I'll eat that. And oh, look, this. And oh, look, a beer. I, I'll have that, you know. Uh, I noticed that it was just like I was gaining more and more weight. So I just said to myself, like, all right, time to get healthier. And so the biggest thing I did was a lot of people call it keto. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. you did the keto. No, I didn't do that. I just cut out like unnecessary heavy carbs, which a lot of people then retort with that's key. That's what keto does. But like I didn't I didn't kill myself with it. You know what I mean? Like if I if I was at a really nice restaurant or something and I saw like a really nice thing that I wanted. I got it. Yeah. You know? So like, but I essentially cut out like pasta, potato, bread, rice, and beans. Those are oh, kind of the, rice I know, and beans. I knew that I hurts. was going to get a reaction from you. <laughs> Tell the audience why that hurts you. Oh, I grew up with rice and beans. My mother's Puerto Rican and I actually am the family member on her side that makes arroz con gondules for like family functions. I don't know what you just I inherited said, but it that. I good. inherited that from my aunt. She was the former rice and beans auntie who would bring it to parties. It was trial and error. I mean, it you have to use a caldero pot and not too many folks are familiar with those. They look like they're from 1800 and it's the consistency that was very hard to get. Yeah. So, if you cook it on top of the stove, you have to make sure you use the right amount of liquid to rice and the ingredients all depend on the person making it. So the flavor is going to be different for any person that makes it, but the consistency, like you can't eat mushy rice, you can't eat hard rice. So that's where it took like a few times for me to get it. And now it's, it's professional. So are you willing to divulge any secrets of like how you do make it? Like, like what is kind of your process? So Real, real quick backstory. Jenny and I have cooked together before. We have potatoes. had potatoes. We have had grand visions of starting like a food truck or a business, which I still think we can, by the way, because when Maybe our, that's when how we our, can have our retired life. I mean, I would be down. Because we will be somewhere warmer, I think. Warmer. And have our food truck with potatoes. I mean, because when our cooking... <laughs> When our cooking powers combined that day, it was some good stuff. I wish we would have recorded it. I know. It was really good. It was fun, too. We had so much fun in the kitchen. We just had a really good time. We could have, like, a cooking show, I think. We could. Because, like... There'd be a lot of cussing, which brings me to a question I have for you. <laughs> when you record, is yeah. there, like, an option to have a sound bite where, you know, if I drop a, a bomb, an F-bomb or something by mistake, you can go bleep? I mean, I can certainly do that in post um, because this is not live. Um, you know, I, I go in and edit. It was after. a question I had. Yeah. Little the, elephant uh, on my back. Oh, no, because I, sometimes, I you know, that. the, the I mean, sailors, the voice know, comes out. You curse, I curse. Like, it's, <laughs> I have to actively think about not cursing on That's here. That's what I'm doing right and, now. And, right. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's honestly, I, I could curse on here if I wanted to. And, and it's totally fine because the majority of my audience of people that listen are, you know, 25 and over the, like, that's my audience. There's not many like 12 year olds that are like, let's listen to a guy that just right. talks to people. I've listened to some of yeah. yours and I haven't heard any folks use inappropriate language. I, so actually, I didn't want to be that guy. But. I did. I did one podcast where somebody like kept cursing <laughs> and I had to say like, let's try to keep that to like a minimum. And I had to go in and edit some stuff later because it was just kind of a strange, like, I don't mind cursing personally, obviously, because in our lives, like we, we do that quite a bit, but um, I, I don't mind that or whatever, but if I'm not cursing at all and they're just dropping this bomb, that bomb, I was like, it's throwing the vibe off a little bit. And then we were talking about kind of more serious topics and it was like, I don't really I'm know. I'm going to do my plays. best today, yeah. but well, we kind of went way off topic. We were talking about arroz con gandules yeah, and if I was but, willing but, to share. <laughs> but I love the, I love it. I, that's, that's why I love this kind of rambling series. Cause that's what it's all about. Right. It's just kind of talking about anything and everything, but getting back to that. Tell me about when you started making this and kind of that process of going from, oh, look, I'm going to try to make this of like, oh, wait, this isn't what I maybe thought it was going to. And then your kind of process of getting it to where where you're happy with it. Well, today I am 36 years old, and I think I attempted my first pot of rice and beans in my 20s. When I was growing into my womanhood, I felt like I was ready for the challenge and I wanted to take over something in my family that I could make for them if my aunt wasn't able to do it. Ooh, it was rough. There was a lot of mushy rice. There was a lot of pots thrown outside because, you know, it was like a full pot of rice and and food that should have been good, but it just didn't taste right. So I would dump it outside and and hope that little animals would come by and eat the the rice that wasn't good for humans. (laughs) But, you know, 
I would say by mid to late twenties, I mastered it. And now it's easy. Like I can whip it up in the morning at work. We just had a cookout not that long ago and I've worked there for a couple years now and they asked me to make my rice and beans and I felt like it was finally time to share the goodness. So I got up and I got up extra early to make it, but it took me, you know, 45 minutes, but it was, you know, very, it comes very easy now. That's so interesting. Um, I'm glad you kind of mentioned Unless I'm that in a bad mood. About, well, then you don't want that Everything rice. changes right. when you're in a bad mood. Cooking is a lot about mood. It cooking, is. Um, so for some people, cooking really stresses them out. And for me, cooking is a way to de-escalate. When I'm stressed out, I'll cook. And cooking is a wow. way for me to, like, relax. Whereas my wife, you know M, like, she has no interest in being in the kitchen cooking stresses her out and for me like i can have like three pans and two pots going and feel totally at ease it's an artistry and especially if you have you know for me when i'm cooking i like to have a little bit of wine i have my music on and that's my vibe and god forbid anybody that gets in my way because then i get angry and then that rice and beans might not turn out so good I know. I'm the same way. When I am in the kitchen cooking and people start coming in and out of the kitchen, I very, like, I feel like the first time I'm like, hey, this is kind of my space. And, we're, and then they come in again. And I'm like, all right, you need to go. That's you when the elbows get, start coming yeah, out. You need like, to get out of the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, cooking was definitely a transition for me. I grew up watching um, my, my grandmother cook. Um, and that was kind of my first experience in the kitchen. And I was so fascinated how she could just take a bunch of random ingredients mm-hmm. and then make something that I love so much. That's a gift. And it's like, how, how did you, you know, I, I've said for the longest time, my, um, my death row meal, um, is my grandmom's beef stew. Mm. That was just my favorite thing I'd ever had growing up. And it's so simple and, and it took me a long time to master it, but I mm-hmm. feel like I have. Um, and that's a weird thing because I remember the first time I ever tried to make her beef stew. It was like terrible. It was like tasteless. They're on it outside. Tasteless <laughs> soup. Like we didn't even eat it. Exactly. Like, and, and M was like, "Oh, the, you know, you, this is a good try." It's and rough. I was like, "And I tried it, and I was like, this is so bad. Like nothing can save this." And now I make it, and it's like thick consistency. It's got that and it's, sa- savory. Yeah, I I know exactly how to do it. And you kind of go into that mode where you're just like, I know how to make this now. Exactly. And it's so funny to think back years ago, the first time I tried to make it, I felt like it took me all day. It was a huge process. And now, you know, I mean, I let it cook down everything. But, like, the actual process is very quick now because you just know how to make things. This is, like, the first time I felt – first time I ever tried to make an omelet, a mess. I'm shaking my head right now. Oh, my gosh. I – you know, the the whole um, – it's, like, this kind of whole saying of, like, you you can't, like, call yourself a chef unless you can make an egg. Like, unless you can cook an egg, you're you're not, like, a chef. So it's – on a lot of, like, cooking shows, it's a challenge that they do. Um, I'm surprised to hear that. I feel like the first time I tried to make an omelet, it was decent. Yeah, mine was Sorry, disastrous. Admit. <laughs> yeah, no, mine was disastrous. And same thing with, like, I, I love a good runny yolk. That's my mm. jam. Um, so, like, a, a sunny side up or an over easy egg, like I love. First time I tried to do it pop the yolk second time i tried to pop the yolk and i'm like what am i doing wrong like and now i feel like i can make like 50 eggs at a time and the yolks are perfect well good news there is that makes a good breakfast with Mm. arroz con gandules put that egg over top that rice and beans the next day oh my gosh i bet that's so good so good breakfast so you you say that what is that translation i know for all of you out there excuse me i know not a lick of spanish rice and and it's a pigeon pea bean oh okay Mm-hmm. Um, That's it. So what have, you know, not of like traditional food maybe that you grew up with, what are your favorite kind of non-traditional foods that you grew up with? Like things that you just learned how to cook over the years or recipes that you've adopted that, you know, are just go-to, you know, rec- I want some comfort food or whatever. Like what are your go-to recipes? Well, it's I think it's a two-fold, two-fold answer because growing up, my mom was always working and my dad did not really do much cooking. So there were a lot of dinners of bagel and cream cheese. (laughs) Really? Yes. Bagel and cream cheese? Bagel and cream cheese for dinner. And if I was, you know, lucky and it was winter, maybe some hot chocolate to go with it. Okay. But I will say through my adulthood, just just learning how to cook, I go to soups. Soups are my favorite to cook because you can use whatever you got in your, you know, in your fridge, in your kitchen. And every time it's different. Yeah. So soups are my go-to. And you know what's funny is my daughter won't eat my soups. And they're delicious because I've been told they're delicious. Is she she picky? She 
she is a little bit picky. Okay. And I wish that she would enjoy my soups because I know that they're really good. And I would like to show her. Like, she helps me with the ingredients, chop them up and but everything. she has no interest in eating. No. So weird. She'd rather have chicken tenders and, you know, french fries like all the other kids in the world. I mean, sometimes chicken tenders are just what you need. This but, is true. But she'll grow out of that, hopefully. <laughs> Knock on wood. She'll grow out of that. Um I, it's so funny that you said that because I, I completely agree with you. Soup and stew is like my, my go-to thing. If I don't, you know, you, you learn, when you learn how to make certain types of things, like certain types of soups and stews and things like that, and you learn how to break things down and, and then you realize like, oh, wh- whatever's laying around, I can just make something mm-hmm. out of this. That's a really kind of powerful thing. And then for me, I don't know how you feel. My favorite thing about cooking is seeing other people's reactions. That's my favorite thing about cooking. I mean, obviously, I want the food to taste good for myself. Right. But, like, when I can see my wife sit down and, like, try something and I just see her face because I, you know, I know her faces. And I see her face and she just kind of makes that, like, oh, this is so good. That is very rewarding. Like, Ooh, I'm the man right now. Like, see, it just feels for good. me, it's not so much the reaction as it is the, I get the enjoyment of sharing my food. Yeah. So, I look forward to when I make something, maybe bringing in a bowl of chili for one of my managers because yeah. we talk about chili, you know? Yeah. So I enjoy that sharing aspect of food more than just the reaction. Cause the folks at home, they'll eat whatever I make. My daughter's picky, you know? So yeah. my family's pretty pleased with, with the food, yeah. but I like to share. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really interesting thing. And I always get like nervous when I try like a new recipe, mm-hmm. when I try something brand new that I've never done before, you know, and my wife is very encouraging, like, yeah, I'm sure this will be good. And then I'll make it, and then I'll try it myself, and be like, uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. And mm-hmm. then she'll try it and be like, oh, this, you know, this is That's because she loves you. This is pretty good. And I'm like, okay, should I ever make this again? She's like, no. Oh, well, she's um, honest too. I know. That's good. <laughs> she loves me, and she's honest. So that's a nice little. I actually was hoping we could do this while cooking something, and you were like, no, Jenny, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's complicated because of the mic setup. Like right. you're sitting, I'm sitting, but um, I-, I was actually thinking about that when we talked. If I could do like a boom mic, kind of overhead of a stove, Ooh, and we could be fancy. in an area, and I could I could kind of record and have cameras at multiple angles. We could totally do that sometime. That would be fun. We could bring back the potatoes because. There's potatoes so that we didn't dive into. I, I mean, know, I think we tons. did six different versions. I have the picture somewhere on so my phone. Let's explain. I know. Let's <laughs> explain to the audience what this was and how this started. How how did it start? Do I don't really remember? know. We just like remember. food. Yeah, we we both like food. And we I think we were just sharing future aspirations and our passion yeah. for cooking and we just came up with this idea to have a variety of loaded potatoes. Yeah. And and that's what we did. Yeah. And we we got together one day um, at uh, at Jenny's house, and we made just a whole kind like all kinds of different potatoes. Like I think the taco was the favorite out of everybody's, was which so was mine. <clears throat> I just want to share that information. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Little tidbit there. I appreciate that. All the support in the world from Jenny. Um, no, I mean that was that was a lot of fun. That was a really good time. Um, a lot know, of work. A lot of cleanup. A lot of. But work. it was worth it. That was the other thing. I was like, oh, potatoes that are kind of like loaded, but different kinds of loaded, like, you know, like a taco style or like an Italian style potato where it had like pesto and marinara and like cheese. Can you remember and... them all? I know we had so the there taco. Was, yeah. Um, the Italian. The Italian one. Um, Wasn't there a sweet version? Yeah, sweet there was. Potato? Yeah, there was a sweet potato that had, what did it have in it? Oh, my gosh. Oof. Our this age is, is striking right I now. Know. We're getting old. <laughs> Because like I vividly remember like your I kitchen have the picture and the in my setup head too. and everything, yeah. To be um, continued. Well, the audience just know that it was wonderful. It was. Um, it was. It was so good. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. That was a really, really good time. But the the thing that struck me about it was like how much work went into, and that sounds like such a duh thing to say, right? Like, oh, work went into it, obviously. But it's like potatoes and ingredients. Sounds mm-hmm. pretty straightforward, but like a lot of work went into it. Because the ingredients that you put on, you want to make sure that they're good, you know? Like, I always said, if I could have a food truck, it would be that. Or, like, different types of, like, made-to-order grilled cheeses. Mm. Like, different, all different kinds of cheese and toppings that people can choose from. Like, baking a bacon inside and all kinds of different stuff. Like, that that would be, like, my thing. So You could have both, possibly. I know. A, Maybe a add to it. Potato, f- like, grilled cheese food truck. Yeah, that would be fun. I'm sure there's plenty of ingredients that can be swapped and shared between the two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So if you had like a food truck or you can open up your own place and money wasn't an issue, what would be like your thing? What what would you serve? For me, a yeah. food truck? I feel like I would want to share more Puerto Rican food. Yeah. But it would have to be something that I worked on because I only know a few staples. So I would have to really expand my knowledge on how to cook and make that food. Um, my first rambling series, we were talking earlier, I had Carlos on and Carlos, Carlos, what up? What up, Carlos? Um, and Carlos is from Puerto Rico. Um, but we didn't get too much into that kind of side of things, but I'm curious as to your knowledge of it. Um, is the cuisine vastly different in Puerto Rico, depending on where you go, or are there kind of universal staples that are, that you can kind of get everywhere or does it like change from the different areas that you go to? You're definitely going to see differences in the you know different regions in puerto rico but for the most part a lot of the staples that you see here in the united states yeah in the states i mean there's plenty of places in cleveland that serve puerto rican food and you'll see they're they're pretty similar now they taste different because every chef has their own unique way sofrito keyword sofrito so depending on how you make your sofrito you use that in a lot of the foods that you make and so the flavor is going to differ but a lot of the actual foods themselves are going to be similar. Yeah. Hmm. That's really interesting. Have you ever been? To Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. No, no. What? I know. Let's I would go. Love to go. Let's go Let's... right now. Exactly. Cut this short. Um, no, I mean, now that the pandemic is winding down, me and Em really want to travel a lot more. Taking another slip of that flask. Watch yeah. out for the gum. Watch out. Oh, so weird. Um, but we, we, we want to travel a lot more now, um, obviously as much as we can. And like I said, we just got back from Vegas, uh, which was amazing. We were there for a week. Oh, I didn't so know you were great. that. Oh yeah. That long. Yeah. I just saw a picture and I was like, Hey, it was, <laughs> Hey, what's up? Uh, it was the like, okay, pandemic winding down. We're both vaccinated. You know, Vegas is Wild like a kind of go-to place. Now, when you say while and out, let me let me clarify a little bit. Um, we don't do the crazy night scene in Vegas and all the partying and like, oh, you know, like the night only starts at midnight. You know, like we don't. That's just not us. Um, just to be there, I just want to state is while and out. Vegas yeah. is just. I mean, a it's place. a cool place. Yeah. We we saw shows. We went to great restaurants. Um, we did a lot of quality people watching. So much people. You watching. can do that for sure. Like all day. Um. My first night in Vegas, it was a few days before the 4th of July, and it was probably like 11 p.m., and there was a young lady that was sitting on the floor um, wearing a dress. Okay. Her legs weren't crossed, and she was sitting up against the slot machine with her phone in one hand and a drink in another hand, and she was completely passed out. Aww. And my first thought was like, where are her friends? Where, where are the people? How old would you say she was, if you um, had to guess? 25 26 yikes yeah mid-20s i mean and she was she just she was a mess like she was an absolute mess and like i actually like i walked over and like caught somebody on the floor that worked at the venetian Good. that's where we stayed and i said like and he i didn't see what else happened but that person like went over and approached her so i didn't want to stick around to see what else happened the but end the yeah end but we were there during the fourth of july and it got rowdy it got rowdy in Vegas, uh, which, like I said, is not our scene. But we did some really cool stuff. We saw a few Cirque du Soleil shows. Um, o is I the water take show. I want my daughter to see that. Amazing. It was their very first show back after the pandemic that we saw. We saw Mystere, which is another really, really cool show. Um, and then we went to Area 15. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. Area 15 was incredible. It's this giant, unassuming warehouse. Like, You've never been there after all the trips to Vegas? Yeah, never oh, been wow. there. Yeah. So it's this giant, like, unassuming warehouse. It's not, like, labeled or anything like that. You get there and you get in line. And everything that we did during the trip was basically a surprise for him. Like, I planned everything. Aww, she didn't know what was going such on. Good so we got to, like, Area 15, and she had no idea what we were there to do. Uh, so we saw the Van Gogh immersive exhibit, which was really cool. And this thing called the Omega Mart, which is, like, a supermarket that you walk into. But every single product, it looks like a normal supermarket, but every single product is created by this artist named Meow Wolf. Meow um, Wolf. Yeah. And okay. it's completely unique products that are hilarious. Like there's a there's a cleaning product that says like almost natural. <laughs> and on the bottle, it says like this smells really good, but if you drink it, you'll die. Nice. Like it's it's really kind of like, you know, um, tongue in cheek humor. 
um, like you walk into the canned goods section and one can said mammoth chunks. And it said, like, we found a mammoth and thawed it and we oh put it in goodness. this can. Um, so actual funny stuff, not so much oh, yeah. inappropriate Ev- that you no, would no, no, think no. is in Ev- Vegas. Everything okay. is funny. Everything is comic based. Um, they had dehydrated water. And it says, add to water, stir, and serve. Wow. And you're like, what? What does this even mean? Um, and what, the other cool thing Did is... Did you buy any of that? Everything was available for purchase. You could buy everything in the store, which was so trippy. So we bought a couple things. Okay. Yeah, we bought a few things. Um, but you're in that store, and you think, like, okay, that's the thing. And then there's all these little secret passages that just lead to, like, giant artistic areas and trippy lights. And Did you I take mean, pictures? Oh, yeah. I have, like, okay. a million pictures I'll show you after. I'm curious to know... What was, like, the average time that y'all went to bed in Vegas? Um, Vegas time. It was different for M than me. She is not a night owl at okay. all. She's a sleepy bug. I see that. Yeah, she gets sleepy. When it's, like, 10 o'clock, it's time for bed for M. It Amen. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where Amen, she's sister. at. It doesn't matter <laughs> vacation, not vacation. If, like, 10 o'clock rolls around, it's sleepy time. Um, for me, I was probably going to bed on average more like midnight. Okay. Yeah, so still not even that late. Roaming the streets solo when the wifey was sleeping? No, because it was 110 degrees. Okay. Um, and even when the sun went down, it was like 90 degrees. Um, so I don't really have an interest in roaming those streets of <laughs> heat and just grossness. Uh, it was like one of those things where they keep the hotels and casinos so cold. Like they're at like 65, 70 degrees that when you walk outside into 110, you immediately sweat. Like your mm-hmm. body immediately. And it doesn't matter. I remember that. I was, I've only been there small, once. Like, cause M, you know, she's a little thing mm-hmm. and we would go outside and she would just be like, I'm sweating me. And everybody we saw on the streets, you could just tell everybody had this like glisten to them. Like this layer of heat sweat. exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens when the temperature difference, when you instantly, like, jump, like, 40 degrees in temperature difference, your body is like, what is happening right now? Um, so and you've we, been in Ohio long enough now that you're, like, you got the Ohio skin. Yeah, I'm adjusted to that. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was, uh, that was was kind of a strange thing. So you've only been to Vegas one time? One time. When it was It was that? in 2009. And okay. Oh, a while ago. I was asked to audition for a speaking company at the time. I oh. was working full-time at a university, but because of some of the connections I made from my internship, which was with the Pennsylvania government, yeah. they had me do random speaking engagements around the state. And it just so happened that someone that I connected with asked me to audition for this company that was going to be starting up, I think, fairly new. And I went, and it was it was definitely a life-changing experience. At the time, let's see, 2009, I was young. I did not uh, follow through with my paperwork. So I was offered something, and I just, it wasn't the right time for me. Yeah. But the different exercises that we did just to expose who we were as people was beyond anything that I could have asked for. So it was definitely worth the trip, but it was strictly professional. So no fun. We had a scavenger hunt, which was fun, but I didn't get to dabble in the the nighttime activities. I'm not a scavenger hunt person. Really? Yeah, it's What if not, there was money involved? I mean, I'm all in. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. If the end game is something <laughs> I'm interested in, you know, like if if the end game is bacon or a Chipotle gift card or something, I'm ready to go. Like, let's go. Um, I have a strange thing um, with those types of things I've realized. Things like scavenger hunts or like uh, probably the, the biggest one is like, you know, those escape rooms. Mm-hmm. They do, they do nothing for me. Really, at all. I've never been in one, but I feel like I would do it. You know, especially they, if you asked me to go, I'd be like, okay. yeah. You know why they do nothing for me? Because there's no danger. There, there's zero. Oh my gosh, you're in an escape room and you have one hour to get out. And what happens if I don't solve the riddle in an hour? Oh, we just open the door and let you out. Oh, okay, cool. Like, if you tell me I'm in a dangerous situation and there is zero actual danger, I sort of like lose the. Oh my gosh! Like I remember, I could see, I could see that. Growing up, we used to go on those like haunted hay rides. Have you ever been on those? I lived for those things. Yeah, and the haunted houses and everything, all that kind of stuff. Were like people. I was way too young actually when I started doing those. Yeah, people (laughs) jump out with chainsaws. Ah, they never. They never bothered me. I was never really? scared because I was like, well, somebody's not going to come fake. out with a chainsaw and actually cut my legs off or anything. Like, so I remember that's not, even, my, that's not the way I viewed it. I was scared. Yeah. But even, I, I mean, as I said, a, I went too young. Yeah. Even like being nine. a kid, I remember like they would come out ah, and I just like kind of look at them and then they just like turn you and were walk one away. Of those. They turn and walk away. And I'm not like trying to intentionally be like a grumpy pants or ruin it for anybody. Like 
it wasn't like, oh, let me go and mess this up for everybody. Like, I would say, I don't want to go and do this because it's not. Like, and I would see other people around me, like, freaking out and losing their minds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're not going to hurt you. They're, they're, it's just a dude wearing a mask. What about like, places that are known to be haunted? Like, for example, I remember going to a, a hotel question. with some of my friends. I want to say Conyat Lake. You should be familiar a little bit with the area. I feel like it's on, like, the Ohio PA border. Okay. And don't quote me on the location, please. But we stayed, and I swear that place is really haunted. And that's that was a lot of fun. So this brings up a whole interesting topic. I'm really <laughs> glad you mentioned that, actually. Here's my whole thing with haunted things. Another shot. She's taking it, people. The um, well has run dry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, here's my whole thing with haunted things um aliens whatever you want to say and i always immediately say i'm not a disbeliever and i'm not a believer i have never seen proof of anything either way so it's just okay i'm just here i exist right but does going to a haunted place oh my gosh i'm so worried and scared oh what was that noise oh what was that it uh, it doesn't do it i think i'm too practical for i think i'm too much of a realist like if i ever see a ghost sometime I'm going to be like, okay, ghosts are real. Like, I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to be like, okay, that's not a real thing, but I'm seeing it. Like, and I trust myself enough to know, okay, I'm really seeing that. Have I ever seen a ghost in my life? No. Have I ever experienced anything that, like, could not be explained with logic and science? No. Please bring that voice back yeah, if with you have logic and there science. It is. No, I haven't. I haven't ever experienced anything like that. Have I ever seen anything with aliens? Have I ever seen a UFO? No, nothing. Never. Does that mean that nobody else has either? Not at all. It just means that I haven't. So for me, I think I'm just an extremely practical person. If I have never seen a ghost, why would I say that ghosts are real or not real? If I've never seen an alien, why would I say that aliens are real or not real? I don't know. Like, I have no idea, you know? It's kind of like how I am, and this is much more of a touchy topic, uh, religion, the exact same way. Have I ever seen proof of anything either way? No. So that's why I consider myself agnostic. Like, not an atheist. I'm not saying, like, you're wrong, and right. if you believe in religion, you're wrong. I think people that have, like, a deep, committed faith, I think that's amazing. I will never tell— Yeah, because tell, it works for yeah, them. I will never tell anybody that they're wrong for whatever they believe. Um, my whole thing is, as long as you're not hurting somebody or yourself, and you're happy, believe whatever you want to believe. It's got to give you a lot of comfort and solace to, to believe in something exactly. so deeply. Like, And actually, a lot of my good friends are religious people, you know, and— I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a religious gal, yeah. but I am very spiritual. Yeah. And, and I, we've difference. had these yeah. these conversations before. I grew up with a very Catholic Puerto Rican mother. I mean, Catholic all the way. Yeah. And my father, he is part Cherokee. And yeah. so a lot of the Native American spirituality I witnessed as a very young kid. Yeah. And so I find the connections through, you know, what my parents taught me growing up. But... I, I'm not the type of churchgoer, you know, unfortunately, um, that is accustomed to the routine of even just a mass. Like, that just doesn't yeah. – it doesn't work for me. Organized religion has always felt extremely forced to me. It's never been my thing ever. From day one, I have never been like a – it's not like I was and then I've, I'm a disbeliever now. I was never on board with any type of religion whatsoever. Um, would you say Catholicism is like the – faith of puerto rico because you mentioned like growing up and christianity and christianity in um, general and you know there's a lot of puerto ricans that are in the united states that are pentecostal okay and i mean if you take a, a ride on the west side of cleveland you'll see all the different churches that have their wording in spanish they're not all catholic yeah um saint michael's shout out to saint michael's that is a catholic church that my family pretty much grew up in my mom's family came from Puerto Rico to New York City to Cleveland, and she remembers being a young girl and her mother working in the church. I don't remember what she did, but that church is absolutely gorgeous. So whether you are Catholic or you are religious, you need to see the inside of that church because it's beautiful. Yeah, that's always been an interesting thing for me. Um the nicest way that I can say it is is that walking into a church feels very unnatural for me because I don't I I almost feel, and, and, you know, nobody can ever tell you how you feel. You know, if you feel something, you feel it. You know, I almost feel, like, disrespectful when I walk into a church because I don't the believe The walls move a little yeah. bit, shatter. 
I don't shake, shake yeah. and rattle. That's what I feel sometimes. Yeah, I because I don't believe any of it. I almost feel like this is such a sacred place to so many people, and it's not at all to me. So I must feel like I shouldn't be in those places. I, I think you should, you know, should feel a little bit more comfortable. If you ever go to the West Side and yeah. go to St. Michael's, I think you would appreciate the art that's I, in there. That's my thing is I appreciate going into historical churches. I would say not modern churches. It's like been around. People that, that, you know, oh, we built this 10 years ago and people come here every week. Like, I'm like, eh, I don't feel like I belong there. But, like, I love, you know, we drove um, – we, we not drove. We took a train up the English countryside. Uh, my wife lived Ooh. for an entire year in England. Her junior year of college, she lived in England and studied. And we went back a few years ago and just kind of went all over. And she took me to like where she lived Were and everything. And no, 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 no. We took a train okay. like up the countryside. I'm not trying to drive on the opposite <laughs> side of the road or whatever. Um, but we, we, and there was tons of churches that were just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. And those places I'm all about. Uh, I appreciate. Yeah. The architecture. Exactly. And, the work and you and, know how many people and lives have gone through there yeah. and who knows it's a cool the feeling. trials and tribulations that people had. Yeah. So I respect that. That, that kind of stuff I'm all about. Like if you kind of involve history. If you you plug history into it, then I'm all about it. I'm a history buff. I love seeing, you know, it's like, oh, this castle is 600 years old. I'm like, what? We're going there. You know, I'm I'm all about that. But I guess modern things I'm less, I don't know, inclined about. And it always feels strange when I see, like, a cross with, like, very white Jesus hanging on it. Mm -hmm. It's very strange for me, like, because I don't have any sort of connection to it and, there's so many different interpretations of the Bible and different stories and different religions and faiths believe so many different things. Once again, I don't tell anybody that they're wrong with how they feel or think because I don't have an opinion either way, you know? So it's always interesting to me to hear. I like talking about religion because I like hearing other people's views and what they feel and what they think. And um, a lot of times I'll just have conversations with friends and we'll talk about religion and faith. And that's always a very, very interesting topic to me. I got to learn about a lot of different religions my freshman year of college, Buddhism, Hinduism. And I was so grateful for that experience because I grew up in a Catholic environment. So I thought that was like the only way to believe. And I respected so much about other people's religions. Yeah. And I feel like there's like a little Buddha man in my heart. Yeah. If I was recreated. Little Buddha. <laughs> there's a little Buddha in there and an old lady. There's a little old lady and a little Buddha inside. I definitely see the old lady. Yes. In you. you know, yeah. I'm disconnected from yeah. technology and I do. anything modern. I'll, I'll ask it's you rough. about some simple app or something and you'll be like, what is that? I don't have I'm anything. Like, oh my gosh. I should show you actually. I should pull out How my phone. How bare your phone is. Do you want to see this? Yeah, I do. She, I'll be back. Yeah. She's Jenny's going to get her phone right now. Is it that bare? Because like I'll it mention is. a simple app, like just a simple and you're like, what is that? I don't I don't know what that is. Give it a look and see. All right. So let's Most see. Most of those got. just I, came on my phone when I, I got my phone. Oh, you came with the pre. I'm currently looking at Jenny's phone <laughs> and Oh, that's the end. Okay. <laughs> I I swiped one screen and that was the end. Do people really have like multiple screens yeah. of apps? How um, many do you have? I think I have like three. I'm wow. I'm I'm more of a simple yes. person too. Like um, I, but I have a lot of apps that are about like movies and podcast stuff and all that kind of stuff. I think but I have Chick Fil A on there. Just give do. it a look. That was going to be the first. That thing is because I said. of the freebies. Oh, you I, get free stuff. Okay. I used to take my daughter to Chick Fil A a lot when I wasn't working full time, and I like the free stuff. Like, who doesn't love I mean, a, a free your, waffle fry? Your phone is bare as bear can get like you have the starbucks app which does that come included it might i don't know it was on there when i got but, my new phone but like it, you don't have anything you I have don't. la fitness and i'm proud of that because that's Cleveland where i work out metro chick-fil-a and then the rest is just like literally every app that comes loaded <laughs> automatically that like everybody tries to get rid of that's hilarious i have to tell you that i don't really want it any other way i mean unless there was an app that was going to benefit me you know, physically, if it was like a workout app or, or something health wise, I think I would download it, but I don't have like the social media apps. I do have an Instagram account, but I rarely check it. Yeah. And I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook. I don't have any of the norms. You don't have any of that. I remember my uh, younger cousins talking to me about Snapchat and I, 
I was completely yeah. out of connection there. Yeah, I think I I think it was like Venmo I mentioned to you. Yeah, I was like, oh, it. do you have Venmo? And I you're have like, PayPal. And you're like, what's that? I can that? log into like, my, oh my PayPal gosh. with my email address look, and send. Look a how payment. modern you are. <laughs> I love that you go and send a payment. Like you're you're like an eighty year old woman. You are. I'm, do you do you, do you carry you. around a checkbook with you? Please I tell do. me you do. You do. I have oh a checkbook gosh. and a register book where I write in all of my transactions. People you, don't do that? No. I have an address book as People well. People stopped doing that like 15 years ago. How do you keep track of your money then? I have a bank app. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just like blew your... Oh, man. The look on your have, face was so I have so a bank good. app as well because I got to make so sure funny. nobody's taking all my money. That look on your face was so... Oh, man. <laughs> I just can't believe that some of the things that are so normal to me, like my checkbook, my address book that's probably from 15 years ago which is a little sentimental yeah because i see how some of my friends have moved around i see folks in there that are no longer alive so you know i have those things that are important to me speaking of you mentioned facebook and it immediately made me think i remember freshman year of college is when facebook became like a thing um, I remember where I was, I was on my library steps and I was talking to somebody about working on a project with them. And she said, Oh yeah, just Facebook me. And I went, what is that? And she goes, you know, Facebook. And I went, no, what I don't, what is that? And she was like, Oh, you got to look it up. And I went back to my dorm and I looked it up the facebook.com. Wow. It's before they dropped the, the, they had a, the, had see, a I the. wasn't, I, I was still the old lady back then. You've always been an old yeah, lady. Yeah. I wasn't always. hip to it. I was. I think 22 years old when I was introduced to Facebook. So I, it was, we're about the same age. So yeah. freshman year yeah. for you, I was probably sophomore year for me because yeah. I'm 36 or 35. So I wasn't introduced to Facebook until my senior year of college. And it was How around. Did you avoid that? Did you just not care? Is I that was your a thing? book nerd in college. Were you really? I, ha- I studied my butt off. And just to give you, you know, a little backstory, high school. And before that, I was not your academic person. So when I did go to college, I busted my keister off to get the good grades. And I was just, I wasn't interested in the party life. I was a big nerd. I wasn't I I didn't, I didn't do the party stuff. Nope, never got into it. I, you know, I made studying my first priority. And so maybe that's how I avoided Facebook. (laughs) I was in my little corner of the world i like social media for in terms of like checking it out but then i'm not interested in general like i i post stuff on instagram and stuff because i have this channel and i'm trying to like promote stuff you know i have a very specific purpose i don't like just say you gotta hustle yeah let me just do to do like i it's it's very purposeful i don't have a tiktok i don't i don't do all the tickety talks tiktok leggings you know about those no what is that oh man i was enlightened to these okay i went to visit my friend in florida so just to Back note on something else we talked about, cooking mm-hmm. and the artistry involved. Yeah. She is the type of person that can take whatever she has, make it the most amazing thing I've ever tasted in my life. She's from Ooh. Brazil. Ooh. And I, I learned food. how to cook from this woman. Okay. So before she was introduced to me, I did not know how to cook. But I went to visit her recently, and we went to visit another friend of mine, which was fun. It was like a friend reunion. And... They were talking to me about TikTok leggings, and they showed me a couple of videos, and I was like, oh, okay. Those look pretty nice on women. So that was that, and I had a birthday recently in June, and somebody gifted me a pair of TikTok leggings. So I'll have to show you a picture of those. They're pretty yeah, nice. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds I think the I think some of your listeners will know what they are. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to all you listeners that know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everybody has a TikTok but me. That's just how I feel because people at work talk about it all the time. I thought like, it was banned for a moment. Yeah, I think I think certain politicians and stuff were trying to get right. it banned because they couldn't cash in on it or something like that. It, because I think it's an app from like international. It's right. not like a domestic based. It's app still or around. People using it. So. Yeah, it's still it's still a big thing. Um, so one thing I definitely want to make sure we talk about because I'm looking at you right now and Hi. Uh, you have gotten in incredible shape. Thank you. Um, you know, d- just to be clear. Jenny, and you can back this up. I have always said Jenny was a beautiful woman. Always. Thank you, Adam. For years, all the years that I've known you. 
Um, that's because you know the inside. Exactly. It shines and that's, through to that's, you. It does. <laughs> like, we've gotten to know each other really, really well, and we're very, like, honest with each other, and I think that's... Brutally. That, yes, sometimes. Um, but but you've recently, uh, not along with me, because we've done it in separation, but we've talked to each other about our journeys. We have both have recently gotten in... I don't want to say I've gotten in good shape. I've gotten in better shape. I'm still not anywhere near good, but, like, you've gotten... You really like made a transformation. You got in great shape. Thank you. I feel like I am about seventy percent of where I need to be. Okay, that's so. Good. It's about to get real on this mic. I'm yeah. about to give All you right. some real talk. Lay it out. Back in January of this year, 2021. So about seven months ago. Yes. Yeah. My daughter, who is seven years old, had a little bit of an emotional breakdown. Okay. And God, understanding. She had just been through complete separation from people for how many months through a pandemic? Yeah, really hard. And my daughter's very charismatic. She loves to be around people. She, she loves her grandparents. Energy, energy, she is energy, energy to a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. And she had pretty much an emotional breakdown from it. And it broke my heart. I mean, yeah. my heart was shattered more than it's ever been yeah. my entire life. And, you know, I spent a day, I think, crying about it. And then. I said, okay, I'm going to make my life better and make her life better and make this girl happy again. And I evaluated pretty much my life and wanted to become a better version of myself for her. And one of the things I always wanted to do was serve our country. I realized when I started going to the gym that I was out of shape. And so from... January until now, I've lost 28 pounds. Woo, I know that I've gained some muscle, uh-huh, yeah. um, but I have a little bit of ways to go. Yeah. And I will be serving our country very soon. So that is a big, a big deal. You um, rock, Jenny. Thank you. You rock. I am doing this for myself, but also for my daughter. And yeah. she's so much better. Like when kids see happy parents. It's a big change. It's a big change. Yeah. And I think we were all struggling in the house. I mean, we just went through a pandemic. We were isolated. I did not have the home work scenario. I was an essential worker through the whole pandemic. So that was hard enough as it was on my daughter because she was home all the damn time. And I was gone all the damn time. And, you know, she was away from her friends, all her family. And it was just... It was brutal. It was a weird thing because everybody was universally going through some version of it together. Like, as parents, we weren't allowed to spend time with friends. We couldn't go out places, or, like, we shouldn't, and we couldn't. And and then kids weren't allowed to go to school, and they weren't allowed to socialize, which we're always told is so important. And it was like everybody was just cooped up at home. And if you did go to work, then you went to work, and you did your thing, and then you went home immediately after, like— there was no life being lived for a really exactly. long time. It was, it was just like draining the and same stuff. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. Um, but there's light at the end of the tunnel now. Thank God. We're sitting here face to face. Yes. Like that's, that's something. I greeted you that, with a hug. I mean, I, how great is that? Like, I remember when you were scared to hug me. I know. Yeah. Now I'm about to hug the sheet. Uh, what? Um, <laughs> I know. There's Beep. that beeper. Yeah. I know. I remember the first time I saw you, like kind of after the pandemic was going, it was like, do we hug each other or what? Do, like, what do we do? It was a really, you know, kind of strange thing. And I love, I was ready to hug. I'm I not going to lie. I'm a hugger. I I'm, you know, not with everybody, but with certain people, but I was, I'm, I'm happy to get back to that. And it feels really good just to be able to have human connection and interaction again. And um, I I guess for me, mine kind of started in October, November of 2020. Um, And it was through M actually, she had mentioned, because we were both like working from home and then she had to start going back into the office and she had mentioned about how certain clothes were like tighter on her, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. The clothes are always key, whether it goes one way or the other. One way or the other, you know, and I do all the cooking at home. Um, Can I move in? I'm just kidding. I but mean, as long as you kind cook of with not. me, as long as you cook with me, as long as I can get some of that Puerto Rican food you make, because um, I'm down and make potatoes. Like me and Carlos need to come over. Ooh, that would be fun. He can make something else. I'll I'll cover the rice and beans. He can make something else. <laughs> I'll cover the rice and beans. Um, yeah, and it's just it, it. You know, it's a weird thing. Um, 
you know, and, and I knew since I do the cooking and everything, I said, you know, well, let me let me try to be healthier with you. Like, I'll, I'll kind of do this with you. So I just cut out like all heavy carbs. I stopped eating pasta, potatoes, bread, you know, and this is the heartbreaker for you, rice and beans, right? Um, yeah, I know. Every Ooh. time it's like, ah, it's like a little flask stab. is empty. I know. Gosh darn it. <laughs> you got to take a shot. <laughs> um, and, and that was, and then I started like jogging and just lifting some weights based, you know. How really, was that when you started running? Because I just have awful, to disclose awful. that when I really got serious about my yeah. workout schedule and knew that I was pursuing the military I started running and yeah. I tried to go from zero to a hundred and my joints were like yeah are you tripping my my body was like what are you doing exactly like, I it was, was a o- rude awakening yeah. I was okay with the food actually I was like the food was the easy part yeah uh, it was the same thing for me uh the food was really hard for M because mm. she loves she like her carbs potatoes she loves car- yeah all of that um, so that was tough for her, but the food was easier for me. But I remember the first jog I went out for, I was like, yeah, let's do this. And the I, mind I feel over like the body. I got like 10 steps and I was like, this is awful. This is the worst thing I've ever done. But now, now that's can, the now, amazing part yeah, of all this now I is, can jog. is doing it from the very beginning until now. And seeing the progress, progress. Seeing I mean, progress is incredible. I'm trying to get my mile and a half in 11 minutes, which I'm not there yet, but yeah. I couldn't even run in January. At all. Literally, yeah. I would go to the gym, I would do two laps, and then have to stop. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, mile and a half, boom, done. Yeah. It's that type of progress has been really great for me. Um, I live in kind of a cul-de-sac area, and I wouldn't even get like a quarter through the cul-de-sac, and I would be like dead. And now I can go like four laps around the cul-de-sac, and then I'm like, okay, I'm tired now. And then you just want to keep going yeah. and pushing that, yourself harder. That whole thing of like, wow, I could keep going. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should, and then you do. And then you're like, whoa, this is this is pretty wild. Um, I had lost, um, uh, I think since then, just over 50 pounds. Like, wow. but I had a lot more weight to lose. I was, I was a much bigger guy. I have about 11 more to go to meet yeah. my goal, my personal goal. I would say if I lost about like 10 or so more, I would be like, okay, I'm good. This is your Not, ideal weight. Yeah, I'm good. Because like, I'm, I'm down like multiple clothes sizes. Um, and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like I need to go any lower. The or clothes thing is rough for me. You know, my fashion mm-hmm. wardrobe when we worked together, I mean, I never had the same outfit on. In the year lady. that we worked together, I never had the same outfit on. Yeah, you're a fashionable lady. And I would say about 60% of my clothes don't fit me anymore. And actually, recently, which was very therapeutic, I got rid of about 70% of my stuff and a lot wow. of my clothes. I sold some of them, which is always helpful to get a little extra cash money. money. And then I donated the rest of them to the women's yeah. shelter. And you know they're gonna have some really nice pieces, yeah. But you know it's 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 a like sweet and sour experience because it's some of the things weird. I didn't want to say bye to, but I'm like, you know what, I'm not gonna be that size anymore. So it's time yeah. to say goodbye. What's weird for me is um, things that I wore as normal shirts that were like, oh, this is a little tight on me, but it's okay. And now like I wear it as like a wreck shirt or like a pajama shirt because it's so big on me. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like I'm wearing like a flag. It's just like flowing on me. And I'm like, oh, this used to be tight on me. And now I'm like, I can't wear this in public because I'll look silly. It looks like I have a moo-moo on. Exactly. Like No and, moo-moos. Yeah. No, none of that. Um, <laughs> Although I think I would appreciate a moo-moo on myself. I feel like I could rock one. I feel like you can rock most things. You are just, <laughs> you're, you're very fashionable. What do you think you of this whole Jenny look though? I, this is, I love this Jenny. This look. is me now about 95% of the time. I don't really oh, yeah. wear any of my quote unquote nicer clothes now yeah. because I'm always working out or yeah. I'm at work and I work in a warehouse. So I try not to wear any of the fancy stuff. Yeah. I have, you know, this whole collection of things that I did hang on to that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if I do go to church one day or go somewhere fancy i can bust it out but i like this look i love this look. yeah i i do want to mention since we're talking about fitness Uh um i try to challenge myself you know once i meet a goal then Mm -hmm. i think okay what else can i do yeah so talking about the military obviously you have pt tests that you have to do and one of the biggest challenges for me are push-ups okay i could not do push-ups back in january and now i can crank them out that's so awesome. once I mastered push-ups, I said, okay, how about pull-ups? And oh so I'm, I'm on that pull-up game now. You're on the pull I've always yeah. heard pull-ups are very hard. They are, but I started with what's 
like considered a modified or assisted pull-up. And so basically you use a band and you connect it to whatever bar contraption that you're using. And, you know, you gradually get there. So I want to see you at the gym with me. We're about to do some pull-ups, Adam. About to do some pull-ups. About to do it. You're only saying that because you want to embarrass me. No. That's what it is. I'm not I'm not as, as good as I might sound right now. <laughs> you're hyping it up a little bit. I need the band. Because nobody can I verify this. I still need the band. So still need the band. Yeah. All right. But this this week I'm really excited. Another thing that I'm challenging myself with is Korean combat fighting. What? Um, when I was younger, I was really interested in boxing, and okay. I trained a little bit with um, one of my uncles, who's a big box boxing fan. And you know, my mom, she didn't want to see my face getting messed up. Punched she didn't want in. me to have, you know, damage to the brain cells before I was fully developed, whatnot. Makes sense. I suppose. So I never really thought much else about it. And I, my daughter started Taekwondo recently, and the instructor has talked me into Korean combat fighting. So nice. I'm really excited. I got I got these shorts for that. Okay. You're, like, ready to go. Yes. Got the gloves, everything. I'm ready. I've always been interested in things like that, like trying out, like, boxing or kickboxing or it's something like that. It's such a good workout. Yeah. I mean... I play racquetball be... though. Racquetball is fun. I mean, when I leave that little hot box, I'm You're probably just like drenched, sweating. Yep. Like, because I I play pretty intense. I've been playing for for years now, probably about ten years. Oh wow! Um, I really like racquetball a lot. It's an amazing workout. So that's kind of my like. Because you're just like go stop and start and mm-hmm. stop and start and stop immediately, and it's very like, it's very intense because you're running really fast, but the room itself is small. So like you run really fast and then you just have to stop and then immediately start running in a different direction and how often do you get to do that? I don't I mean with the pandemic like hey there's a pandemic going on do you want to go be locked inside of a box right. with me and we'll, well just, now we'll just though are the facilities open that you um, use? They just started opening okay. again. Because like yeah. why don't we do yeah. this? Oh my gosh, I would love to play racquetball with you. I Any kind of physical of activity, I'm game. So, like, we can do pull-ups, and you can beat me at that, and then we'll play racquetball, and I'll destroy you in that. And that's how you'll learn how to play. Sounds. This sounds like our next date. Our next adventure. Yep. Our next date adventure. Um, and then we'll have baked potatoes after. I like it. Well, Are you allowed to eat good. potatoes again? Nope, not at okay. all. Okay. <laughs> what about cauliflower that we mash I up? I eat cauliflower We can pretend it's a potato. Yeah, I eat cauliflower And just put all, all the, the other stuff on I it. I mean, for any of you out there that have done, like, the low-carb thing, I, I'm sure you can, you, you'll be there with me. But I have substituted cauliflower for everything, like, potato-wise. I, we probably eat cauliflower, like, three or four times a week. Do you use it as your rice? Since you don't like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean cauliflower rice, cauliflower mash. It's good. Cauliflower. You just have to find the the best seasoning and whatever yeah. you're going to pair it with, so I've that it actually, tastes like something. I've actually made stews where I substituted the potatoes for cauliflower pieces, Ooh. like whole pieces. Really, really good. I just have to ask this very serious question now. Okay, go. How come I've known you for three years mm-hmm. and I haven't had your stew? And you haven't asked for it. I feel like I have. I'm maybe, asking maybe for it have. now. If you have it and you're asking for it right now, uh, let's, when we do our cooking, when we do our, like, in the kitchen recording and just, like, conversation in the kitchen, let's make beef stew. Your witness, listeners, that Adam has to give me and feed me his stew. That's it. It's It's official. It's official. I would love to. It would be fun to make it together. Like, we could, like, I'm a good chopper. I can chop whatever you need. You can chop all the good stuff. Um, but like we, we would make that and then we could do it again and make something that's like a dish that's near and dear to you. And I could assist you. That would be fun to do. All right. So stay tuned audience. We'll have future episodes coming up where Jenny and I will be cooking in the kitchen and we'll see what kind of mess it is and what conversations we get into naturally just being in the kitchen and cooking. I feel like that's going to be one of those bleep episodes for like, sure. Yeah. I mean, cause when the I'm amount of cuss element, words in the kitchen, I think when we were doing the potatoes, it's just, like it was embarrassing for my daughter cause she was there and just like I staring. Like, I just couldn't, what are all those help words? it? But. Yeah, I know it's a very natural thing, but um, well, that's for the future, but as for right now, thank you so much for doing this, Jenny. I love you, Adam. I love you, too. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm so glad. There's little hearts this. and stars I in know. the background right now. <laughs> right now, yes. Um, but this is this is really fantastic, and I really appreciate you doing this. You are 
an incredibly interesting and unique person. And what makes you even more, that. what makes you more unique and interesting is that you don't think you are. I don't. Like, like all of the best, uh, and I'm sure all of you out there, you have people in your life that are just like, oh, I'm just like normal and boring. And those are like the most interesting people you know. I couldn't believe you asked me to do this. Oh my gosh, thought, you were one of the first people What I in the world of. would he have to ask me about? It's not, it's just talking to you. Like it fills time. Like we are, we're like right at an hour. Like Whoa. almost exactly. And we could just like talk and talk and talk, but we're going to save more for another episode. Next and episode. We're, we're definitely going to do this. The again. kitchen. The kitchen. I can't wait. Kitchen confidentials. Uh, that's yes. stolen. That's stolen oh. from Anthony Bourdain. Oh, R.I.P. Don't steal. Um, no, but we'll, I'll come up with some clever name for it. But um, as for now, uh, you still got your gum on your flask. <laughs> You're good to go. Um, but thank you so much for doing this, Shanae. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, do we disclose what was in the flask or should you let folks guess? I would like for you to disclose what was in the flask because I'm going to do my final thing with you, which is a rapid fire Q&A, oh which confirm we have not talked about beforehand. You have no idea what I'm going to ask you, do you? I wish I had more in my I flask. Know. Exactly. Do I, I have no papers in front of no. me. I have no notes written, so you have no idea what I'm going to say. But tell the audience what was in the flask. It begins with a B. Oh. Does it? Does the next letter an O? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I can see where this is going. Let's see if the audience can figure out. Begins with a B, and then the next letter is an O. Um, but are you ready for the rapid-fire Q&A? As ready as I ever will be. All right, here we go. Um, so, first question, what is your favorite late-night snack? Ooh, popcorn homemade on the stove. Oh, yes. do you have any special contraption that you use, or do you just, like, put it in a pan? Do you remember, like, the little old lady that you're talking to? So, no. It's just a pot. <laughs> do you remember the old woman that you're speaking to? I use to? a regular cooking pot with some—I usually try for olive oil if I have it. Okay. And popcorn kernels. What do you do? You put and away we go. I do not. Just a little bit of salt. Just a little bit of salt. Em yes. loves popcorn. She's a popcorn junkie. I don't like microwave popcorn. She's a popcorn. I need it. She likes getting, on the stove. Uh, you know what I like? The kind of only kind of popcorn I really like is like I really like kettle corn. It's sweet. As, no, 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 the not like people will make it and they'll make versions that are not. Oh, sweet. Okay. And that, I that's don't think I I've like. ever had the non-sweet. Yeah, that's what I really like. Um, so next question: What is your dream vacation? Dream vacation. Ooh. Let me think about this. I feel like it would be Morocco. Morocco? Yes. Why Morocco? I befriended someone from Morocco many, many years ago. He okay. has his own restaurant in Cleveland. And I just love the food. And I love him and his wife. And I feel like I would connect to the culture. Yeah. And he's offered you know, they go almost every year. Is to... this the place that I know about? Yes, sir. Can we say what it is? I, I wouldn't say why it's, not. It's Momo's, right? Yes, it oh is. Oh, my gosh. That food Momo's was so kebab. good. Yes, that food is incredible. And I love the ambiance in there. Like how it's you, mom and pops. Yeah, it's, 100%. And it's got like pillows that you can sit on and stuff. And Take a nap. The menu is very simple, very straightforward, and the food was incredible. And that is the way a restaurant should be. My kind of place. Yeah, very but comforting. It is. And... I, I I really do want to go there someday, yeah. and I, I want to go where his family is because yeah. he's offered to show us the land there. That's amazing. And I think that's the only way I would go is if I was with somebody that's from that yeah. country because I know that he would give us the real deal. Yeah, the real deal. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, what makes you sad? What makes me sad? Right off the top of my head, if my daughter isn't happy, that makes me sad. Kind of what you talked about earlier, yes. how she was being affected. By I want to see her... She, you know, she's only seven years old, but she doesn't have enough self-confidence. And I, I, not to point out myself, I don't know where she gets that, yeah, um, but I, I want to see her build her self-confidence. Yeah. yeah. So opposite side, what makes you happy? Food. Food. My friends. You said that so fast. <laughs> food immediately. <laughs> food. I mean, food more than, you know, I, and I don't want to anyone to think just because i have a flask that i'm a big drinker i yeah. I, I limit myself once a week now yeah and usually to one beverage just okay. because i'm training and i'm trying to stay healthy but i don't get any kind of happiness or fulfillment from drinking any kind of alcoholic yeah. beverage but when i have a good plate in front of me amazing ooh, i'm like yeah experience. i do the happy dance i know it's a whole experience in itself yes last question you've been doing good um what advice would you give your younger self 
was so dramatic. It's always the last question I ask. I think that I would tell my younger self to take your time. Take your time with relationships and love and knowing yourself. Because I think that in my experiences, I've I've tried to rush through things. Yeah. And, you know, time isn't always guaranteed. I understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, time, keyword, I think it's important to not rush and, and really fill out a situation before you dive in. Yeah. Words and wisdom from Jenny. Mm. Thank the little you so Buddha. Much. The little Buddha. Inside. And well, a lady. <laughs> you have you have successfully made your way through my rapid fire Q and A. See, not a you big deal. Breathe. You handled that. Um, but Jenny, you're awesome. I love you. Love um, you too. It's so great to be able to just be sitting here face to face with you and having this conversation and being able to do this. And we have many more to go and ki- kitchen conversations and um, all kinds of fun times. So uh, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been real. It has certainly been real. Now we got to go refill the flask. Indeed. Right? Um, so for all of you out there, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I will see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.